It's Europe Calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. Well, a very good day. Welcome to Europe Calling. And uh, this one, of course, is with Terry Whitehead and myself looking at the news and uh, seeing what we make of it. And our date is the 28th of December 2023. Well, here, as you would expect, it has gone cold. Uh, tonight in particular it's been very very nippy and uh, the definition on the mountain has been a little sort of um, fe- sort of fuzzy all day um, but all in all you know you can't grumble it is uh, just after Christmas and if you're going to get cold this is the time to do it let me go due west around about three quarters of an hour and I should find Terry so Terry uh, how's your weather fairly similar I would think yeah, lovely, lovely blue skies today, Vince. Uh, but cold, uh, definitely cold. Um, I didn't take my jacket off all day. It was uh, certainly changing a bit now. Lovely blue skies. Yeah. Typical blue sky Christmas day again. Beautiful, beautiful day on Christmas day. Lovely weather. Never fails. All the years I've been here, like... I always get a blue sky at Christmas. Lots of germs about though, Terry. Um, you know, there's lots of tummy bugs, lots of uh, coughing yeah. and spluttering. I mean, it really is. Uh, it's it's sort of prevalent everywhere, isn't it? Oh, touching wood. I'm touching loads of wood here at the minute. I'm, I'm, quite a few of my mates have come down with different things recently. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping trying to trying to dodge it. Okay, well, let's hope that you do. As we go to our first story, which uh, is from the UK. Well, like I was saying the other week, you know, even when you're reading the news these days, everything is sort of a little video in the corner of the screen. It's all very distractive. And um, this one that uh, caught my eye was shocking footage was showing the energy generator in Ayrshire in Scotland racking up speed before the blade suddenly came loose and they were flung across a seemingly deserted field in opposite uh, directions. Loud crashes were heard as the debris landed on the ground, and uh, bird trees surrounding the lone turbine uh, were blown back and forth. It came as a localised tornado damaged around 100 properties in Greater Manchester as the Christmas storms swept the country. So... um, that was written as though it was all going to be sort of localised, but it, it wasn't. It was the um, the blades coming off the generator in Scotland and then went to a localised tornado. It, this um, The way the papers are being written at the moment, um, I don't know whether it's AI or whether it's just awful, uh, really not very well-educated journalism, um, but... Um, First and foremost, let me go to the uh, the generator because uh, we had those things, of course, uh, down in Cornwall and a lot of people were more concerned about the noise than anything else. Um, you, you know, I, I must admit I can't say I've ever been bothered by the noise of the turbine generators, but um, I've, that's the first one I've seen actually coming off and blowing. I mean, that must have been horrific if anybody had been near it. Um, have you heard of that before? But no, well, not heard of that particular case, no, but it can happen. It's very rare that it happens. Um, but they're, uh, they're a shell, they're not a solid uh, vein. Uh, uh, the blades aren't a solid piece. They are a shell. And in reality, I would imagine, because they can twist, uh, the, these can twist on, on their axis, the blades... I presume uh, when there's high winds, they, they twist so the wind doesn't catch it. Um, yeah. The idea being that you put the blade against the wind and the wind turns it round. But if you've got high winds, that's when it becomes dangerous. Then I'd have thought these are, should have an automatic twisting mechanism where it turns the blade so the wind no longer affects the blade and just, just blows past it 
rather than against it. Mm. So I can only assume that something uh, went wrong. Or or conversely, if it might have been a, a, a bearing failure, the whole thing spins around a huge bearing. Yeah. And if the bearing fails, then it seizes like an engine seizes, then it's mayhem after that. Yeah, it's dangerous. Um, driving around Spain, as I do a lot, um, as you go towards the interior of Spain, there's a hell of a lot of them. Um, can't say I've ever heard any, heard one, uh, any noise from one. Some of them I've seen are very much in, in built-up areas, in some areas. Mostly they're obviously not in built-up areas, but some I have seen in built-up areas, funny enough. But they're different sizes. I mean, the, the big ones go out in the middle of nowhere, and then the, in the built-up areas, they seem to have the smaller ones. But um, it's it's something I think you get used. To. I mean, you get used to. I I found it very strange travelling around through lovely green areas of Spain. All of a sudden, you got these things on the horizon that they're now part of my map. Really, if I see them, I know where I am. Yeah. And I suppose you get used to them. Um, and it's free energy. And it, there was there was literally one day, literally um, this year in Spain, where. Um, all of the energy in Spain has been supplied for free. Wow. Um, either by solar or by wind farms. It was literally one day. It literally it, it did it. Um, so, they're, you know, they, they're getting there. They're getting, hopefully, that word free energy finds its way down to our large bills because they don't seem to be getting any smaller. Well, no, uh, although I was told by one of my sons that uh, his neighbours just stuck a stack of... Um, these uh, solar panels on top of his garage and um, I was questioning whether it would take a long time for that to be paid back um, and he reckoned not he said by the time you look at the uh, subsidies nowadays um, uh, uh, you can sort of probably talk three or four years and then you start getting your money back I don't know whether that's true I don't believe that mm. um, I've yet to know anybody's had all the subsidies that were promised them Um because it just doesn't seem to happen. Um, secondly, a couple of clients of mine that had them installed, they're not as efficient. One client in particular, he he had it, had them installed and uh, he had an electric heat pump system put in, which is what they're, they're pushing in the UK. And his his electric bills went, went from 200 a month to 600 a month. Mm -hmm. that's, with, that's with the panels. Oh, ridiculous. Um, because obviously this was wintertime, obviously, because this was giving the heat in the winter. Yeah. Uh, obviously, daylight hours are shorter, but even with all the panels, they're not <clears throat> they're not generating that much power. Uh, he's, in the summer, he got the benefit for sure. In the summer, he got the benefit, but in the winter, he got little or no benefit from it. So, uh, mainly because he has been sold this uh, this electric um, heat exchange system, uh, which British uh, governments trying to push madly in the UK. Firstly, they, they you need half as many radiators again apparently if you're having these this if you take out your old boiler for your radiators and think you're going to put a, a heat exchanger system to supply the heat you i'm told you literally need half as many more radiators you know mm. or bigger radiators put it that way yeah because they can't they can't generate enough heat with the with the, the square meters of radiators you conventionally have so you have more radiators in your room so there's a more expense there yeah um, and for what? You know, you know it's. Um, I'll just. I'll just. I'm, I'm not sold on the idea, to be honest with you. No, not, uh, not just yet. No, I'm not. I'd rather put a couple of jumpers on. You know, obviously, yeah. obviously we don't get that much uh, really cold weather. But um, yeah, I'll get another jumper on. Okay, well, we're off to. Um, yeah, we're staying in the UK. Sorry, here we go. Here's the next one. Uh, here it comes. Okay, so it's a surge in the number of children being monitored by Prevent for Far-Right Terrorism and can be partly blamed on the amount of time young teens spent online during the lockdown. This, of course, is what's being claimed and the Metropolitan Police has warned it is seeing increasing numbers of young teenagers being radicalised, with some even being found planning terrorist attacks after consuming violent, hateful and racist material online. 
the force has warned that this got worse throughout the pandemic and there is no doubt that there has been a knock-on effect from the increased amount of time youngsters spent online during lockdown. Figures show the government's anti-terror programme received hundreds of referrals from concerned parents, teachers and loved ones about adolescents becoming caught up in extreme right-wing ideology. The worrying statistics show that the number of under-15s who have been targeted by the scheme for interventions has doubled compared to before the COVID pandemic and subsequent lockdowns, with 246 being put on action plans in just the last two years. So that is the picture in the UK. Um, Any thoughts on that one? Well, funnily enough, uh, early this afternoon, I've just I've luckily got me a little grandchild over. He's two and a half. And we've just spent the best part of an hour flicking through about 6,000 TV channels, trying to find a cartoon yeah. to keep him occupied that hasn't got violence in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, every programme he's flicking through, that there was violence in it. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. Um, you can see this coming for a long time. It's, it's gratuitous violence. Of course, if, you, if kids have been sitting, kids don't go out and kick a ball around out in the street anymore and get shouted at. They, they, they stay indoors and glue to their screens with their, their, their PlayStations. And, and the bulk of these are all shoot them up and fire them up and blow them up uh, games where your, your little uh, actor uh, goes out shooting people or winning the war or whatever. He gets shot. Okay. Then, of course, he comes alive again so you carry on again so it's implanted in kids brains that if you hurt somebody then it's okay you know they'll be okay after they'll just come alive again it'll be all right so i'm sure that's got parts in it and the, the amount of the violence which is mimicking um violence portrayed in in in, in games and on film uh, at the moment we're seeing this mimicking on the streets now I just there was it was yesterday there was a, a, in Sheffield a, 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 some guys rammed a car into a crowd of people. Yes, I saw that. Uh, one, at least one was killed. Um, it's 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 sick. We're creating we're creating. I'm sure I'm sure our grandparents had the same problem. We're creating a society that's um, gratuitous violence is is the norm, and that's how you, you resolve things. And it is completely wrong. And it's uh, the the media are to blame for that. Really are. Well, I know back in the 80s when we used to have uh, students coming across from different countries, obviously Spain and France uh, being the two main countries, um, the kids would turn up with um, their PlayStations or whatever. Um, I remember the first time I uh, was asked, can I put my PlayStation, uh, plug it in? And I said, yes, you know. Uh, Then about a half hour later, Anne wanted to serve the students a meal. So she tells them that the food's ready. And um, the the kid just totally ignored her and said, no, I can't come. I'm on level two. Um, to which, of course, obviously, I suggested that uh, he unplugs it, and when he didn't, I unplugged it. And um, obviously, I wasn't the most popular person in the house for a while, but then again... (laughs) So when you weren't assassinated? Well, in actual fact, I then banned all video games from my house, my own kids included. Uh, So we never had video games in the house. That doesn't mean to say my kids never played them because I can't control what they do outside of the house. But certainly in our house, they never, ever played with the video games. Now, I'm the same. I've I've never had them in our house. Right. My kids never, never, never were bothered with them. And certainly haven't got anything now. We've never, you know, as much as you think, well, especially like with COVID, they were like plants in their houses. Perhaps perhaps they should buy one of these video things and have a bit of entertainment. But... uh, no, it never, never, never bothered me, never drew me into it, to be honest with you. Well, I remember years ago, uh, back on Under Thero, and uh, you might remember Leapy Lee, who was one of my guests on a regular basis, and Leapy always uh, really, really majored on the dangers of cartoons. He was sold completely on the violence that other people didn't see in the likes of Tom and Jerry cartoons. Oh, just about to say, yeah, there was. I do remember a move to get uh, the likes of Tom and Jerry uh, cartoons banned because of the, the violence, which we all laughed at. You know, as long as, as long as it's a cat bashing a mouse, yeah, can't be that bad. 
But when it's a bit different when you've got humans knocking ten shades and torturing people and blowing people up and burning them alive and shooting them on a daily basis, then I can't help but think when you hear of these mass shootings around the world, um, that's got something to do with it somewhere. Surely to God. Yeah. We never had that before. Well, funny enough, this afternoon, uh, The Ten Commandments was on, you know, it was a, a long movie. Um, and because basically um, I, have, I saw it when I was a kid, uh, I did want to see the, the thing through again. And, uh, I mean, so many of today's problems are epitomised in that particular film. You know, the, the fact that um, uh, just because you were from another race or maybe another part of society, um, you, you were treated in a certain way and uh, kept as a slave. You know, I mean, um, we, we, we just aren't learning ever about these things that, um, th- that cause our problems. And another thing that uh, crossed my mind, when I was reading this article, I didn't really understand why it's all just about right wing because i think we've got as much if not more left-wing terrorism um coming in from all sorts of areas i mean you know maybe they don't call them terrorists these days but just just stop oil for example um would be one group i would say straight away they uh, are certainly terrorists they are certainly undermining aspects of the um of the economy and i think i told you when i went and looked into that particular group um they have a website where they go online and um put the idea that they have and get funded for that particular disruption so really what i can't understand is if by all means you know you need to write an article about right wing uh, terrorism yes of course you do i think you need a balance and you need to also be aware that, um, you know, it needs far more investigation from these people who are busy funding these operations. Because I, I get the impression that nobody seems to understand that they are getting funded. You know, if that's the case, why don't the police go to the to the root of the problem? Go, go and hit the people who are funding the, these uh, activists. I mean, I'm, I've got to call them activists now rather than terrorists, but they are forms yeah. of terrorists, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, but, uh, funny, I mean, I was looking back a few weeks ago at um, murders in, in the UK, for argument's sake. Uh, I think in 2022 there was close on 700 murders. And there's a population of 67 million in the UK. Yeah. Looking back at 1950, where there was a population of 50 million in the UK, so that's another uh, 20%, uh, 25% uh, increase in, in the population. But murders were 125. Yeah. So there's there's 20% of the murders in 1950 that they are today, yet the population's only gone up 20%. Yeah, it's 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 five. It's in other words, murders in the UK have gone up fivefold from 1950 to 19 to 2022. The population has risen by 20 percent. If the population would have to be, be be 250 million to keep the same average, it's not. It's 67 million. So murders are increasing dramatically. Hence, violence is obviously increasing dramatically. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, it's, on a Saturday night, there might be a few fish flying around or too much beer or whatever. But now people are going out stabbing people. Uh, and the guns are seem to coming back on the streets of Britain. Um, uh, fly by, you know, shootings and uh, drive by shootings. Uh, it's, it's shocking. There's a reason for that. And the reason I believe is what we're talking about is the, the gratuitous. Um, examples of, of violence on a daily basis um we watched the program it's quite i don't know it's quite a funny sort of funny sort of horror drama called the boat story on the uk very good some good actors I saw a bit of, yeah I, I did see a bit of this well it starts off with the bloke cutting the bloke's tongue out in front of everybody oh. that was there and slashing throats and gone all the way through it yeah. <laughs> people in the head don't know how many people got shot in the head all the way through, yet there was a hint of humour throughout the whole of it. And it was one of them things you had to keep watching it. I wasn't sure, do I like it? I don't know. But I think it's really because of the, the actors are in it that stayed with it. 
Yeah. And it was an amusing story, and perhaps the wrong word to say with that death, but it just goes to show if if, if we we're expected to enjoy so much violence in a programme. Otherwise, we obviously aren't enjoying it. So it's manu- the, everything is manufactured now with violence. And when there's five times more murders on the streets of Britain than there were 75 years ago, and there's only a, there's only a 20% increase in the population. So with that, with the 20% increase in the population, there shouldn't have been 150 murders in the UK. Yeah. With the, with the percentage of the population. No. There's 700. Well, I can remember... In one year alone. I can remember when I would be 10 and I was allowed to go on a bus up to uh, meet my friend and we'd then play football on a field not too far from a an estate. And there was um, a body found in a pillbox and it became known as the pillbox murder. And, I mean, for weeks on end people spoke about this horrible event and unfortunately now um, we, we, we've become immunised. I actually believe the more that I think back on people like Mary Whitehouse and people who tried to control the TV and uh, most of the things that you'll get from the TV, I think there's clear evidence that she was exactly on the money. She, she saw things then that other people still don't see. Oh, that, that was the case if she saw it. She was just completely against anything. And <laughs> I think she, she she might have just struck lucky and pressed the right button. Um, but I, we, we do need a certain amount of freedom uh, in what we see. But I do I do believe that it's just... I, I, I clearly want to see things. Why is there that much violence in there, in this particular program? In whatever particular program. It's just... it's it's accept, It becomes accepted. When it's dripped into you on a daily basis on TV programmes, then it becomes the norm. So, you know, to go and stab somebody or shoot somebody, that's, it's the norm. So, they don't realise what's happened to them. They've slammed in prison you know, for, for the rest of their lives. But Terry... They start bleating about it. But it's happening. This is... So, you're not going to stop it overnight. This is um, part of my study area. Um, and basically, you know, you can see things that connect to the likes of Nazi Germany things that you can actually immunize a population and you make them so that you desensitize the information that they should be horrified by i mean a, a number of the things that you've already said just are alarming aren't they really they should be alarming to people um by all means i have to look online to try and get material and i'm today it was a, a, a typical day i'm looking through i'm seeing that much murder and violence i'm having to cancel out things that really should be discussed um but if i was to discuss this with you every particular time that we do a podcast i'd start i'm pretty sure i'd start depressing you terry so you know well, it, is, it is i mean i remember as a kid um as a teenager um, you're always at risk of somebody giving you a belt in the face or, a, or whatever. It was one of them things, uh, you know, if you're walking home, if you've been to the pub and had a few drinks, you're walking home. There's occasionally there's a bit of violence on the street, but you weren't stabbed or shot. You might have, somebody might have, you know, been drunk and thrown a punch at you. Yeah. But you, no one's coming at you with a knife and, 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 or, or submachine gun. It's, it's, it's well, the police don't police. The police have been have stopped being allowed to police. I mean, I had to laugh this week when the, the, the police, the commissioner of police, have suddenly have suddenly turned around and said every burglary must be must be investigated. Yes, I Whereas, saw that. Until now, every burglary there were well five percent of burglaries were investigated. Yeah. Now they're saying it must be hundred percent. Why have they just woken up? Well, I think <laughs> I think they I have. Mean, car theft, forget it. Don't even bother reporting it. Yeah, I mean, I think they they haven't gone to sleep. I think they've deliberately pursued policies of not... I agree with you entirely, Vince, and I don't mm. blame them. Yeah. But what they've done, I found very strange at the time, but looking back, they've, they've, they've used the government's policy, the various government's policies, not just this one, against them. Yeah. Um, by going, OK, you want this and that, and then, all right, so there's more and more people that are having to go behind desks rather than walk down the street. Nobody walks down the street. They're hurtling down and rounding panda cars. Yeah. That's what ruined it for me when I was when I was a young teenager when the, the Bobby on the Beat disappeared. 
Yeah. Everyone knew the Bobby on the beat. The couple of different Bobbies we had walking up and down. Everyone knew. Well, a friend you of know, mine. You, you felt guilty when you saw him, whether you'd done anything or not. But then all of a sudden they're in panda cars, you know, doing 45 mile an hour, looking at the road ahead. And mayhem carries on in between. No one notices. It's, yeah. it, well, it's two things, isn't it? It's a lack of, of, a, of a functioning police force and a complete lack of discipline in the home. Well, I think that if you want to undermine a society, you break down its uh, different component parts and then you make it almost impossible to police. And I think, quite honestly, if they don't get a grip of this very, very quickly, um, well, I'd better move on to the next one. Here we go. Uh, We'll take uh, this one. Be interesting to see if we see any links to things we've been talking about, as I found a very small paragraph which read, each year, horses and hounds from the South Down and Eridge Hunt descend on Lewis in East Sussex for a procession that attracts hundreds of spectators and boosts local businesses. From there, the hunt heads into the South Downs for its annual hunt trail, with hounds following an artificial scent, but... The saboteurs are claiming that trail hunting is a front to allow hunts to pursue foxes as they did before a ban in 2005. So, um, what do you think about fox hunting? I agree with it. Not just foxes. A lot of other vermin which, which destroy, destroy uh, chickens. Well, obviously, chicken farms are with... Chickens nowadays are wrapped away inside of warehouses, but certainly in the old days. Um, but I, I lived in the country just outside Birmingham, and there was a huge chicken farm down by us, and there forever. Well, foxes and dogs, domestic dogs, being uh, I got told off once because our dog apparently was, was worrying the chickens. But um, disease, we remember with the um, the badgers, yeah, um, causing. Um, um, tuberculosis amongst cattle so that we had the badger cull which that seemed to quieten down nobody seems to worry about that too much um but foxes um they've always been foxes the reason but why why do they hunt foxes it's a reason foxes do an awful lot of damage to 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 the farmers yeah they're they're they're, they're not a farmer's friend at all they do an awful lot of damage to farmers so they need to be kept down and as far as the farmer's concerned, eradicated. And of course, add to that the thought of the gentry in, in their red and pink with their glasses of champagne, having a tot and then flying off into the country to chase, chase a fox to get ripped to pieces by, by the, the pack of hounds is not exactly something to actually wonder over. But as, as a culling mechanism, I mean, the, the, the animal's dead as soon as, as soon as the hounds hit it, it's dead. As, as a culling mechanism, it's very good. And But uh, I have to think, how many foxes can the average hunt kill in a year? Can't be that many. Not now. I mean, it used to be very, very uh, uh, the, 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 the vogue, if you like. Uh, but obviously, with the, with the protesters and, uh, and, and aggravation and God knows what else, the tree huggers um, disrupting all manner of hunts for their own reasons um, as, 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 as really put a, a call to the hunting, if you like, put it that way. There can't be that many. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind betting this. I bet there's not even 10% of the hunts going there. So, I mean, you're talking about trail hunting. Um, you, yeah, you can trail hunt. Of course you can. But as soon as, <laughs> if those hounds are following a trail, all of a sudden they get a whiff of a fox. I know which way they're going. Yeah. <laughs> they're going so all you gotta do is run your trail somewhere near where the foxes hang out, and uh, you, you end up with the same uh, the same result. Well, as you um, know, I... it's not. No, it's very sad. It's, it sounds it's a bit like talking about bullfighting, etc. Yeah. Um, but they are they're they're vermin. They, and they, that was, was, was very nice. God, there's one of my daughter's back garden that lives in her back garden in London, in in um, Surrey Keys, right in the city, right in the city centre. It's forever in, in the back garden. Yeah, and the noise it makes of the night, my God! <laughs> but uh, it's it's they've been driven into the city because they've been driven out of the of, of the of the wilds. 
Well, I was um, I was a townie, and then when I went to work in Cornwall, um, I actually worked um, in uh, the faculty, which was the agriculture and horticulture and sporting faculty, and uh, we worked on the farm that's owned by uh, uh, King Charles. Um, and I must admit, I was very anti-hunting. I was very anti-cruelty um, to foxes, etc., etc., until I was shown by somebody that was from that faculty the sort of damage that w one solitary fox can incur, and not... Yeah. Um, not to just put um, food to one side that it'll go back to, just damage and killing for the sake of it, you know. Matt, yeah, they will. They'll, they'll slaughter a herd of sheep. Um, if, if they're taking a, a sheep, obviously got to be a baby sheep, you know. If they're taking a sheep to, to, to feed the cubs, then, you know, that's what life's all about. But they don't. Uh, and, and same with not just foxes, with, with wild dogs or dogs that's a... That should never be off a leash. They will just kill. Yeah. Kill for killing's sake. Just like a cat. I mean, makes me laugh about people mind about dogs, but cats are the, the, the biggest killers of all. Yes. They kill anything for fun. Yeah. They don't kill for food. They yeah. kill for fun. Oh, there's the cat. Everyone lets their cats out, but you're not allowed to let a dog out. Yes. Anyway, that's another story. But it's it's um it's sad. Um it's sad, but it's necessary. I do believe it's necessary. Yeah. Okay, here's the next one then, and uh, we'll go to this one. Okay, so we're talking about a football star, Mohamed Salah. And he's been criticised on social media by Muslim fans after he posted a Christmas message. He, of course, is a Muslim. And he posted a photo of a Christmas tree and included a caption in which he talks about the conflict involving Israel and Palestine before wishing his followers a Merry Christmas. Muslims do not traditionally celebrate Christmas, but come to partake in the festivities that take place during the Christian holiday. Um, apparently, this was something that happened last year as well, so it's obviously something that he thinks about. Um, I mean, realistically, why would you not want to try and put a nice message out if you've got people who around you are celebrating Christmas? I, I think that that would be something that... Um, would probably be who was this? Uh, Mo, Mo Salah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm surprised. Well, I thought it was rather nice actually because um, when I read into it, he he had done the same uh, last year, been criticised as well because of it. But it's obviously something that must be in his mind that um, you know w what could be nicer than just wishing your friends and family who aren't maybe Christians happy Christmas. I I just think. Uh, we we have the news bulletins on at the appropriate times for Eid and Ramadan and all the other things, uh, and yeah. they're going on and on and on and making sure everybody knows what time of the year it is. So um, I, I think good on him. But um, what do you think? Well, well, firstly, <laughs> firstly, I believe that anybody coming to the UK, as anybody coming to Spain as I am, has to embrace the culture. And the culture of the UK is, is Christianity. Um, it's not to say that you can't practice your religion. But it's gone past that, hasn't it? Yeah. It's now, we, we had that era where you couldn't say Happy Christmas, that'd be Happy Holidays. Like you said, you get Eids and, uh, the, and, and other various um, religious festivities, which are celebrated. And I find it very interesting to, to read about it because I never heard of it before because you yeah. wouldn't have done. Yeah. But it, it appears it's, it's going the other way. Is that we're certainly how many people go to church anymore? I, I would imagine quite easily that there's more people pray for other faiths in the UK than Christianity. Um, so it's been pushed on the back burner because the churches are just empty, aren't they? It's so uh, well. I have tolerance and accept, but, but more to the point is the acceptance of British culture. Don't yeah. try and ram your culture down on me, which is, happens. Sounds a bit crazy. Happens in Benidorm. Yes. People come to Benidorm and say, "Oh, we don't like Spain." That isn't Spain. 
Yes. That is something false that's been created for you. Because this is what they think you want. Uh, you know, the, the horrific things that go on in some of the nightclubs at the, the night time. That I've seen people literally walking around the streets completely naked. Did you think they could do that in the UK, apart from being frozen to death? But they come, I'm talking Brits now, they come to Spain, they come to Benidorm and behave absolutely atrociously in, in general. Yeah. They just don't know how, because there's no, there's, there's nothing to stop them doing it. There's nothing, they've not been, it's not been drummed into them how to behave themselves. And the police aren't and enforcing the, as well. The, well, the, the, the police have got their hands tied as much because the mayor wants the town to make money. So it really is, I mean, I was in the club game, don't get me wrong, I, 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 I know what goes on. Um, but it's 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 awful that Benidorm does. People say I don't like Spain. It's not that's not Spain. That's Benidorm. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Spain. Spain's out there. It's a beautiful place, full of beautiful, beautiful people and beautiful culture. Just go out there and embrace it. It's all there. That's not Benidorm. I I live five minutes from Benidorm, Vince. I don't go into Benidorm. No. The only time I'll ever go in, and I know the next time I'll go in will be in February. I've got some mates coming over, yeah. and we'll have a couple of nights in Benidorm because that's what they want to do. So I'm going to have to join, I'll join the crowd and we'll go out and have a few tops and we'll have a good time. Look, no, at least they will behave themselves, I know that. But um, but the, the, what I see happening in Benidorm is a complete dismissal of Spanish culture. And you, I'm worried that the same thing's going to happen in the UK, is that British culture is just fast disappearing. You can't have the hobby horse and the dark faces in Padsto and, 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 and all, all manner of stuff just getting dumps in the UK. There's very little culture left in the UK. Where, how many towns and villages have, a, have an annual fiesta? Yeah. Every town, every village in Spain has an annual fiesta. Always. Yes. Every single village. And it's it's normally, probably goes on for two weeks, but normally three hard days, as you know, where everybody's drinking like mad, but they know how to drink. Yeah. You very, very rarely see any sort of violence or any, any, any drunk inflamed uh, attitude, you know, things going on. It's they yeah they get they get drunk, but they get nicely drunk because they know how to drink. Brits sadly have no idea how to drink. All you ever see now, I see pictures on Facebook, of mates going out on the night. What they got? They got a tray of shots in front of them. Just arrived at the pub. We got a tray of shots, which means in an hour they're going to be out of the brains. Yeah. What a great night out you've had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's wrong. It's well, wrong. How did we get onto this? <laughs> well, what I was thinking of mainly, though, <laughs> when I mentioned the police, I meant the police in Britain don't seem yeah. to be patrolling the streets. As if you go into Benidorm, well, if they're, they're, they're only there after the problem. Yeah, police arrive after the problem. They're not there to stop the problem, Vince. They're there after the problem to clear it up and get the batons out and belt people. Um, but in, in Benidorm, there's a lot of police in Benidorm you don't see, by the way. They're not all wearing uniforms. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, and generally speaking, it, it sort of keeps it going, shall we say, without being too outrageous. But again, having said that, I've not I've not been into Benidorm in, in 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 the in the main disco area for many many years. Mm -hmm. I'll have to go down and spend a couple of nights there and then and then report back yeah. uh, of what I'm seeing. But generally speaking, what I see, it doesn't do as proud as Brits. Although they, the Spanish just look on Brits as a complete load of alcoholic. Yeah, Brain, San... brainless individuals who are sent here San... from that country to this, uh, and, and it's, it's totally embarrassing. Incidentally, did you see the news on the? Uh, I think it was about a half hour ago. They were saying that um, Blackpool Tower has been on fire. I, I don't. It? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, to, to they were saying that they've caught somebody that appears to have set the blaze. So um, there's not a lot to burn with, with a steel structure. Obviously, at the top there is. Yeah, or, well, there is down below. Is the, the, the ballroom and the rest of it. Yeah, it looks like it's at the top. But um, anyway, okay, I'm going to AI next. So the uh, okay. artificial intelligence coming our mm. way. Here we go. Okay, so the uh, title headline, Could AI, that enables you to chat with loved ones from beyond the grave, help ease your grief? 
Uh, okay, here we go. I've just had a conversation with my dead mother and I'm feeling very weird, yet oddly happy. My mother, Pat, died seven years ago at the age of 83 after a stroke. She had been in a coma for more than two weeks before slipping away and at the time, although feeling bereft of a loving, funny and kind parent, it was a release. She had been diagnosed with dementia and was almost completely bedbound with a crumbling spine caused by excruciating scoliosis, scoliosis I think it's called. Um, the time she had remaining had looked bleak. She had dodged some bullets by dying when she did, I thought. But ever since, something has niggled at me like a guilty itch I couldn't scratch. My sister, her husband, their three marvellous children and I had been taking turns at mum's bedside as she lay unconscious on the night she died. I went to bed at 11.30. Her vital signs, that's the pulse and breathing obviously, suggested it was safe to do so. And I whispered goodnight but not goodbye. She died around 6am and I wasn't there. So when I recently heard of a piece of technology that could give me a second chance to say farewell, I jumped at the opportunity and became one of an increasing number of people to use or lean on grief technology. First time I've heard of this. Uh, there are websites and apps powered by artificial intelligence that can create replicas of your lost loved ones so that, like me, you can tie up loose ends or, like some others, choose never to let go. Grief technology isn't new. Simple forms of it have been around for more than 100 years. Photography and then video allowed people to maintain a connection with the dead. Right, that's a weird one for us. Terry, what do you think of that? Disgusting. I cannot... Well, that's, if that's not going to send people around the twist, I don't know what will. Who was it that said there's only two things sure in life? That's death and taxes. Yes. Absolutely right. You do get the both. Absolutely, you do. You do not dodge it. So you accept the taxes. Why can't people accept death? It happens. No, not just case. It happens. It does happen, and it will happen to all of us. Yeah. One day I won't be here on the end of this radio, much to the grief of the millions of people listening in. But it's, it's I accept it. And then I'm 72, and it's, it's weird, because I do remember when I was just saying in my 30s, being very fearful of death. Very fearful. I did went through a stage where I was quite fearful of it. Totally accept it now, because it's, it's obviously it's close. So you do. I think there's something happens inside you. You get older, you do. I know I was fear, I'm sad when I hear of younger people dying. So I thought, well, they're, they're maybe not quite mentally accepting it. But the last thing, I, all I want to remember is, well, like my mum died was the last death that we had in our family. That was 12 years ago. And my me, me, me mother-in-law died the same year. Um, all I want to remember is the times when they were relatively healthy, in good humour, and the good times that we had. I don't want to remember the sad bits, the reality of what happened at the end. Um, and, and it's been 12, 13 years coming up now. Uh, and I can safely say, yeah, that's absolutely happened now. I don't want to see... I've got pictures of my mum when she wasn't too clever at the end. I don't look at them. I'll just look at the old pictures when she was sprightly and, and good fun and the rest of it. And I don't want to kid myself that there's a robot out there who's, who's pretending to be my mum talking to me. What the hell is that about? Now, that is sick, man. If ever there should be a law about something, then that should be one of them. Well, I agree completely. I, I think the trouble is we're playing, really, we're playing God here. And yes, yeah. we can all be very clever and... Uh, um, develop the technology and then use the technology. Um, but the reality of the situation is that whoever you're trying to bring back from the dead doesn't come back from the dead. It, it's, it doesn't happen. So well, it, it's all kidology. Stokes never came back, did she? That's what kind of stuff. She was actually spending her, her life talking to the dead and bringing messages from the dead. She never came back. So I have to believe <laughs> that she was wrong. And that you don't come back. And you don't. You do come back, actually, in your own children. Yeah. You've already planted the, you planted the seed. You live on in your children, as I am now, for I don't know how many ancestors ago, I've got part of them in me. And that's what's made me the good-looking, wonderful bloke that you want to talk to. But it's, it's, that is how you live on. You're dead, you're dead. 
Uh, no one's actually come back yet, to my knowledge. Heard lots of rumours and um, and silly stories and fables, but none have ever been uh, verified. It doesn't happen, um, and nor should it happen. You live your life, enjoy your life, and you finish your life. End of. Uh, and and to actually have somebody, well, it's conning money out of grief-stricken people, isn't it? I can't think of any other thing to call it. it, it it's 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 no worse than these these. Uh, well, the Doris Stokes as well. They go around telling me, "I'm going to get in touch with you, with your mum, and you know, pay us three hundred quid and come and see other city, and I'll give you a message from your mum." That's bloody awful. I don't care. You can say, "Well, yeah, it was, it was, it was so nice to get a message from your mum." Oh, come on. That is that is fraud in, in yeah. any other way, and, and this is the same. It is absolute fraud. And I'm, I'm just amazed that anyone's actually even thought of doing it. No, I'm not amazed. That's what happens nowadays, isn't it? Well, I don't know if you um, saw this in the paper yesterday, but they were talking about the Tesla factory. And apparently uh, one of the robots completely and utterly m m uh, malfunctioned and uh, went for one of the workers. And apparently this is not the, <laughs> this is not the first time it's happened, though, Terry, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've seen these robots that I've sort of... I've got this vision gone through my head. But... Well... No, no, it's, it's, it's this story of films, isn't it? How many... Well, the Terminator and the... come true. And it, it's got to happen. Of course it's got to happen. Mm. We, we have... We go for other people as well, don't we? We, I might want to smash the vacuum every now and then, but mm. it happens. So it's going to happen with, with a robot. It's, of course it's going to happen. So why shouldn't it? It's robots tackling other, tackling other robots, I want to say. Robot wars. Oh, they've had that. I'm telling you, I forgot about that. Thing <laughs> well, is, I'm not surprised, Vince. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, but it's very worrying when you get in one of his cars. That's for sure. Well, they were showing on the BBC yesterday that, um, you know, they've been test driving one of these uh, cars that uh, you don't need a driver. Well, mm. yeah, uh, sure. OK, uh, I wonder how many people are going to die before they actually get that one right. Because quite honestly, if you've got people who can't keep the rules, then I'm pretty sure the technology is not going to do it as well. Um, it can't. Well, there was mentioned, somebody said uh, yesterday, actually said, we're talking about, uh, it's one of the guys from, um, um, uh, you know, I never forgot what his name. Anyway, he's <laughs> from a car program, famous car program. Yeah. He said about, it was, they were talking about it coming to the UK, about uh, driverless cars in the UK. And he said, yes, it's going to happen, but it will be on certain roads. Now, that I can go along with. If I'm on a motorway, I've got a little gadget in my car. It keeps a set distance to the car in front. If he speeds up, mine goes along with it. He slows down, mine slows down as well. If the dog runs out in front of me, the car slams on the brakes, I don't have to do anything. I do have to steer it. So when I'm sat on a motorway, it's easy driving for me. I can't use the same system going around the, 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 the streets of, of, of Benidorm. Uh, it's a different thing altogether. So I can fully understand, yes, these will work on certain roads, like a motorway, where there's nobody coming at you on the same side of the road, put it that way, where there's not, not much chance of, of, of a child running out in the traffic or a stray dog, but it still can happen. They can't cover all the bases, Vince. These things will kill people. They aren't going to cover all the bases, but what what's wrong with the system I've got? I, why do I have to have something where I can actually sit in the back seat and read a newspaper? Um, no, I'll employ a chauffeur if I get round to doing that one. It, it's, um, no, that's... It, it will work on certain roads. Other than that, I can't see it working properly. Well, this was down in London. The, uh, the reporter was actually... Uh, you know, looking at it and yeah. uh, was the passenger. And, of course, um, it's all very well if you've got one car and maybe one car being monitored very, very closely. But, you know, if you've got more than one, a couple of hundred or whatever, you know, that's when I would start... No, I wouldn't be, very, I wouldn't be too happy with that. No, I wouldn't be. Well, you know, don't forget when the, when the steam train come out, they said anybody, anybody travelling in a steam train, if it goes over 35 miles an hour, will die. Yeah, and that was the belief. <laughs> so with, that one's been ruled out. Well, I so, think um, I... you know, with it, it's going to get. It will never get perfected. It probably get very close to perfection, 
But that lack of getting, lack of being totally perfect means there's death on the road. Maybe it'll stop deaths because I mean my my car breaks. All of a sudden, the anchor's going to slam. If some dog runs out and I haven't seen it, that the car breaks. Yeah. If a car comes out of a side road, the car breaks before I do. My car. So mm-hmm. there's certainly there's certainly advantages to a type of autonomy. But full autonomy, I think, is a bit uh, a bit dangerous. Could be a little bit careful with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, time for one more thing. Let's see where we'll go. Yes, we'll do this one. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good Well, it was, of course, a wonderful time. Christmas is one of my favourite times. But I did notice how many people were uh, parked outside the pharmacies. Um, they were absolutely rammed as uh, we were driving past various ones. Anyway, I picked up an article about the role of pharmacists in primary care um, offering accessible health care. The official College of Pharmacists in Madrid acknowledges their contribution to the health system. These professionals provide comprehensive advice on vaccines, including dosing, side effects and interactions. They also promote disease prevention, manage chronic conditions, encourage healthy living and refer patients when necessary. So now uh, they're talking about expanding access to vaccines via the pharmacies. December saw the FIP present uh, or oh, sorry, present uh, case studies from 17 countries advocating for pharmacy involvement in vaccinations. Their report, supporting lifelong immunisation through pharmacy-based vaccines, enabling equity, access and sustainability, aims to boost global vaccination rates. Its primary goal is to highlight the crucial role of pharmacists in extending vaccine coverage and reducing vaccine-preventable diseases. Now, apparently, there is a growing trend, which I'm just going to read on a bit more about. Uh, And this is um, in European pharmacies. Um, The services are a reality already, as per the FIP data. In Portugal, the flu vaccine was first administered in pharmacies in 2008. Now, 17 vaccines are available in 77% of Portuguese pharmacies. France introduced pharmacy vaccines during the 2017-2018 flu season, and by 2020, approximately 3.3 million vaccines were administered in French pharmacies, including for the COVID-19. In Italy, a 2022 decree law officially included pharmacists in flu and COVID-19 vaccination efforts. These services are now offered in 13 European Union countries. The FIP stresses the need for regulatory frameworks to support pharmacist-led vaccinations. But here's the rub. In contrast, Spain faces legal hurdles in implementing pharmacy vaccinations. Jesus Aguilar Santa Maria, president of the General Council of Pharmaceutical Colleges, commented, Spanish pharmacists are prepared and perfectly qualified to vaccinate in their pharmacies. There is no problem of competition. There is no problem of training. There is a problem of political decision. At the moment in Spain, there is still no regulation in this regard, and it is not known if it will be approved. In the context of the current level four activation of the anti-terrorism. Oh, this is another part of it, which I don't need to tell you about. Okay, so um, uh, it's not really the sort of place I would expect to go and want to be vaccinated in. uh, But that's probably because it's never happened in Spain. Uh, What about yourself and maybe France, if you've been there when um, that was available then? No, 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 I have no problem with the pharmacist or anybody vaccinating me, as long as I know what they're doing. The biggest thing, of course, is what are they vaccinating me with and what for? Who's giving them the instructions to give me a certain vaccination? And we use vaccines, the word vaccines, too easily, too readily. Vaccines are only for, uh, to help our, as far as I know, help our, or boost our immune systems. Um, so not all in 
inoculations and injections are vaccines. There's, there's another terminology, like um, immunizations. There's other stuff. Um, there's a, but it's basically sticking a needle in your arm or somewhere. Or your backside, probably. Yeah. Um, pharmacists do. I haven't got a problem as long as somebody does it. I don't think it's, it's, it's such a big skill to know you've either got to whack it into your buttocks or into an arm or into whatever, what size needle to use and how much dosage to use is obviously the big, uh, the big factors. Um, so I, don't, I don't think there'd be a, uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that. In fact, if it means I haven't got to queue up in a surgery of 50 people all coughing and spluttering to get a vaccine, vaccine, here we go, inoculation, then um, all the better. I can drop into my pharmacy when I say there's nobody in there and get one done. Sounds good to me. I haven't got a problem with that. I'm basically it's anything that keeps me alive. I'm in favour. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm looking at some of the things that are coming out as adverts in the UK, which uh, are quite alarming in some ways. Um, they were talking about um, uh, shingles, for example. And mm. it was almost like they were encouraging anybody over the age of 80 to go in and get a free shingles shot. Um, Why is that all of a sudden come up? I remember my gran had it once and she was in a lot of discomfort with it. And somebody else in the family had it. But I don't know anybody else who's had it. Um, so why all of a sudden is shingles, what's it called, herpes, something or other, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, which is something to do with chicken pox or not having chi a chicken pox or vice versa. But why all of a sudden is that flaring up? I can only assume it's flaring up on the back of children are not being inoculated, vaccinated, whatever, as ready as we used to be. Um, parents are withholding... I think it started with that, um, the measles and the, um, the oh, rubella. The, the MMR. Mm. The, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, a lot of, lot of people withheld for the, the, the children from being vaccinated, which measles was eradicated. Now it's, it's in full flow. So likewise, I can only assume chicken box is going down the same way. And, and the spin-off is the older you are, the more chance you've got of getting shingles. No, I'll touch it wood. I don't want that one. Thank you very much. It doesn't look very nice at all. No, I, and if I, I can have a jab for it, I'll have it, please. Thank you. And there is also, uh, or there are, large numbers of people coming from various parts of Africa who obviously will never have had a jab and therefore no. will be bringing in the sort of... But this, the whole idea of immigration control, that's part of it. There's a huge... You can't just open the door to everybody. You know, that's how bubonic plague started. You can't just do that. We have to take precautions from, from a medical point of view, and as I said right at the very beginning, from a cultural point of view. Yeah. There's got to be rules and regulations. You don't just walk in. You don't just... You're not... It appears that if you jump on a rubber dinghy in Calais, you get everything. All you've got to do is hit a beach somewhere on, on the south coast and you're in, you're done, you're sorted. There's something like an 80% chance that you will get refugee status. It's 7% in France. That tells you why they're leaving Calais to get to the UK. But you, for the reasons that I'm saying, you can't just keep allowing people. They are bringing in, and they will be bringing in, any coughs, colds and other wonderful uh, infections they may well be carrying into into our our country and if our children aren't as vaccinated as they should be then things can 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 get severely out of control very quickly there's very 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 many reasons to control immigration listen i'm i'm a, I'm a spanish immigrant so i'm talking from I, I know exactly where i'm standing i am not spanish i've been in spain for 45 years i am a spanish immigrant i do speak spanish i do join in with the culture of spain i love the culture of spain i love this country but sadly, I would say that 95% of my fellow Brits in this country don't even speak Spanish. Yeah. They, may, they know enough how to order a beer and a coffee, badly. But they, they live in, in coastal areas which are saturated by their the, 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 the nationalities and don't get involved, by and large. They don't get involved. And it's so sad that that happens. Yeah. And obviously the same thing would be happening in the UK and any other country for that matter. Absolutely, Terry. We've hit the hour mark again, which means, Hang of course, uh, that is the last of our podcasts for 2023. So, Another year now, Don Vince. Yeah, so next next time we speak will be 2024. We'll be a year older. Thank you, Terry. 
Hasta el año que viene y feliz año. Muchas gracias. De nada.